Steve. Steve in the air. Welcome to Sink Floyd, the podcast where we watch every movie ever made to see if it syncs up with Pink Floyd's 1973 magnum opus, The Dark Side of the Moon. My name is Gareth Blackler, and joining me is James Barron. Hello, it's me, James Barron. Hi. What's up? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> James has written little staccato notes above every word. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm a staccato <laughs> man today. I'm excited. Ooh. We've got a we've got a sweet sweet film that we watched. Yes, that's a one good one. One of my absolute favorite movies. Yeah, Wes Anderson released on Christmas Day 2004. Holy shit! Really? Wow. Yeah. Dang. Um, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Is that the full title? Yeah, with Steve yes. Zissou. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's his longest title. Yeah. yeah. But, but yes, I'm looking at them written down by a long shot. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of a subtitle, right? I've always just referred to it as the Life Aquatic to save time, I guess. Yeah, same. But, We're very busy people. Oh, just, just, I don't have time to just be <laughs> chatting away about movie titles, Gareth. I've got to, I've got to be listening. I've got so much Pink Floyd to listen to. It's piled up on my plate. <laughs> You know? oh, it does feel like that, eh? <laughs> yeah. So, it's, um, it's your favourite movie, one of your favourites of all time, Gareth. I believe so, yeah. I watched this... Well, actually... So, this came out, yeah, 2004. I think I was very aware of it in 2005, because there was a channel on New Zealand Sky TV that would mm. show every channel in a little box. Oh, wow. Like, the the, the mosaic view, right? Of Sky- yeah, there yeah, was yeah, a yeah. mosaic view. And then there was a bigger box that showed trailers for movies that you could pay extra to watch. Ah, cunning. And one of, one of them was always The Life Aquatic, so you'd watch the trailer for that. So I'd seen the trailer so many times. Mm. And then I finally saw the movie, like, five years later. <laughs> I, do I, got love, into... I do love briefly the image of you just watching the mosaic view of Sky TV, like, attempting <laughs> to watch all of TV at once. <laughs> like a like megalomaniac genius yeah <laughs> that's so good <laughs> anyway i clearly knew i was so important <laughs> that i had to watch everything oh that's a really good point if it flies in front of my eyes i've digested yeah. it you know yeah must... that probably sums up like my brain a little too well <laughs> <laughs> that's good it's a, just it's a, a whole lot of nothing going on. Oh, no, I mean, it's an incredibly <laughs> useful skill to have. Fun fact about Gareth, he has a near, like, photographic memory for for dates and people's names and faces and things like that. And you can just remember oh. exactly what he's doing on any given date. It's wild. It's a really <laughs> cool thing. Oh, thank you. That is, yeah, that is true and a little strange, but yeah. Oh, it's very useful. I wish I, wish I had that power. You know? I think it grew from, like, I wasn't getting invited to a lot of parties and stuff oh. and then in high school. And then when I was, I'd always remember, like, what weekend that was. And then I'd be able to work backwards oh. from that. Like, oh, that happened on the Tuesday near that party or two weeks around that party. Right. And then, yeah, I, like, then I guess as my life got more interesting <laughs> i had more like hats to, more places to hang those date hats and it was a little oh, easier yeah. that's good more signposts for you to pass by on your calendar yeah. map that's great 
Yeah, so thus the last year in the world has been a little tougher for that because like mm. a lot of days are a lot more similar. I think that's true of many people in that like the, yeah. the last year kind of like flew by and that it was all yeah. very much the same. So, you know, no reason for that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that this is uh, one of your favourite movies and I'm hyped yeah. to see what you have to say about it. I'm, I didn't know that when I picked it, but yeah, absolutely agree. This is a bloody good film. I don't know if it's in my favourites, but it is, it's definitely a movie I love. It's an enjoyable one. And yeah. yeah. It's to... so, it's so Wes Anderson, yet kind of not. It carves, to me, it carves a the space right down the middle of the like the two Wes Andersons where you've got the kind of like very pretty beautiful like whimsical Wes Anderson and the kind yes. of like depressing kind of ugly Wes Anderson mm. that like too true yeah him like, and I think that's sorry oh he like delving into like the human condition and and stuff like that which he likes to do in his films or oh, and also like relationships especially like family relationships are explored yeah. in this movie uh yeah it's he loves to do that and yeah i'd say that's definitely the other side um he loves exploring character relationships and also makes very pretty scenes big fan and i think the power to this movie Mm. and it's probably the most obvious is it's such a beautiful world he's made but like the characters are not enjoying it they feel like they don't uh suit it Mm. and i think like a lot of people i think like you know those the instagram accounts of like accidental wes anderson or like real life wes anderson where they show like a beautiful world and they're like man i wish i could live in this world like so do the characters they wish they could live in this beauty. yeah these like especially this movie the stop motion animals there's yeah, yeah. like a beautiful boat like whimsically divided mm. yeah it's so summed up in um royal tenenbaums which came out before this yeah. Where, um, Owen Wilson's character says, "I always wish I was, always wished I was a Tenenbaum," and Roy- Royal Tenenbaum himself says, "Me too." And it's like, yeah. yes, that is the Wes Anderson secret. Yeah, man, that's a great take. Honestly, I would, yeah, yeah, that's ingenious. I feel like you, yeah, that's like a short video essay that you've <laughs> put together for us. That's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful concept. Nice. <laughs> Hit me up, Cold Popsha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, there's like a beautiful weird kind of sad feeling i get when i watch a wes anderson movie and then go to bed mm. or if i listen to that song where do you go to my lovely which is in darjeeling limited a little bit like that always puts me in the exact same mood of just like the world is so pretty yet so sad yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. he's definitely going for like a, a mildly melancholic but also whimsical feeling in most of his yeah. movies i think that's the through line right through all of his all of his works um do we want to delve into our tier lists now of of everything he's ever done or should we save that no let's do it let's okay (laughs) yeah this is the official sink floyd host rankings of wes anderson okay james would you like to go first all right so yeah i told you off mic that i am a disgraceful failure of a man uh Yeah, but what's that got to do with the show? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated. Yeah, I just oh. wanted to get that off my chest. But, um, no, you're great. Yeah, I haven't seen all of Wes Anderson's uh, films. Q, yeah. stock, booing, and gnashing of teeth. Um, but I've seen 
half. I've seen four out of five of his, four out of nine of his released films that he directed. Okay. Um, and so I have ranked those, but I, opt, yeah. I opted not to rank ones that I hadn't seen. <laughs> a, oh, go on. <laughs> Just like, based on what you assume. In, in a, wild, a wild move by me. Yeah. Just from like trailers that I've seen, surely. <laughs> um, so my, the, the ones I have seen in... Oh, what ones haven't you seen first? Okay, I haven't seen, um, I, in release order, I haven't seen Bottle Rocket, Rushmore. Haven't seen either of them. Whoa. I haven't seen Darjeeling Limited, which is one you mentioned just before. Haven't seen Moonrise Kingdom, which is some people's like absolute oh. favourites. Yeah. And I haven't seen Isle of Dogs either. Um... And obviously I haven't seen the French Dispatch, which hasn't been released yet. It comes out yeah. July 2021. Um, so haven't seen that, but I thought I'd include it. So <laughs> four out of 10 as a ranking for me on the Wes Anderson front. Uh, just also as a man, as a person, just give me a four <laughs> out of 10. I'll take it. Um, well, yeah. So uh, the ones I show, should I do my, the ones I have seen? And in, in terms of, yeah, uh, I'll go from the bottom up out of the ones i have seen so least favorite okay yeah <laughs> uh, proviso for this i like all these films i really think they're all great and ranking them was actually kind of tough even though they were only four so it was no it was difficult exactly yeah yeah uh so n- <laughs> number four fantastic mr fox is the lowest on my rank it's a really okay. it's a really good movie and uh very stylish but it's like i don't know it's it being a like more kid focused film I felt like I like wasn't as much the target audience, and so I found it harder to relate to. But I don't know. Maybe if I saw okay. it when I was younger. Um, yeah. Number three is the Life Aquatic. <laughs> oh yeah, the one that we're doing now. Um, <laughs> and number two, Grand Budapest, which I saw in the cinema on release. That's the only one I've seen on release, and I really enjoyed. And uh, yeah. number one, Royal Tenenbaums, which I just interesting. I really like the Royal Tenenbaums. I thoroughly enjoy that. Just all the like character stuff going on in that movie. I really enjoy. I feel like we've seen the Royal Tenenbaums together, right? Have we? No. Oh, okay. So this was in the flat that we lived in together. This was before you moved in. Okay. We watched the Royal Tenenbaums with these two backpackers from, um, I think one was from Sweden and one's from Germany. Cool. And I, okay, I'd rented the Royal Tenenbaums on DVD years before and watched it alone and was just like devastated by that movie. Yeah. Then I watched it with a group of people and we all laughed at the jokes and I was like, oh, this movie's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Which is again the Wes Anderson secret, but like, yeah. So thus, people are going to be angry at where Royal Tenenbaums probably sits in my list (gasps) because of that. Uh, dis- decrepancy. I, I, that's the word I've messed up on the show before. Discrepancy. Yeah. No. I Thank think you. it's. I think it's uh, fine. Like uh, uh, again, a lot of these movies are the same way. Like Life Aquatic is also like very sad, but also very funny mm. in parts. So like you know, I think that it, that again, this is indicative of his style and that they run the gamut between comedy and drama, right? So yeah. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think anyone will be upset at our tier list. They'll probably be <laughs> upset at me not watching all of uh, Wes Anderson's films. But you know, I've only yeah. got so much time in the day. <laughs> exactly. The rest has to be Pink Floyd. Yeah. Basically, I got to pay homage at my shrine. <laughs> all right. Oh. So, all like, right. Thoughts on my list, or 
you're going to be surprised. A lot of ours fall into the same numbers. Oh, wow. The difference being that I'm ranking nine movies and you're ranking four. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I am interested to see. But yeah, good list. Okay, cool. Okay. So my top 10 wears at the moment, it was also really tough and I'm probably going to regret this being permanently recorded. Yeah. Um, Number 10. Number... I keep saying 10, but there's nine. (laughs) Number 10 is French Dispatch. We haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. Um, number nine is Isle of Dogs. Yeah. I, I will say though, after putting, ranking that, I immediately re- like questioned myself. I'll say that movie is, it's his first like swing and in my regard miss. It's mm. so different to his other films. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's really good and I'm excited to see him try out other things and such i just think like there was probably a little too much going on in this movie and mm. i think the kind of the way the japanese characters were treated was a bit, a bit icky. yeah but then i've heard read articles by people of like japanese descent who have argued that it's not so i can't comment really but like mm. yeah i just remember watching it and that made me feel a bit weird and then also yeah it's just like i wished it was a simpler movie which i never wish <laughs> No, that's fair. Um, that's what uh, yeah. what I've heard about Isle of Dogs as well. So yeah, that's all good. I think I I don't think you should regret, regret any of these any of these choices, Gareth. Okay. So yeah, I have only seen Isle of Dogs once. Yeah. But at number eight is Darjeeling Limited, which I have seen like three or four times. Okay. Yeah. Um. No, the next one is Bottle Rocket. Yep. His first film. And yeah, I reckon. Ah. Uh, I might have to swap... Actually, I will swap Bottle Rocket and Darjeeling Limited. Okay. Darjeeling Limited based only on... So when this was the first one of his I saw in cinema. The first one of his I saw at all. I went with my parents and some family friends and everyone else fell asleep. Oh, man. But um, Darjeeling Limited starts with this short film um, with one of the characters and with Natalie Portman playing the character's ex-girlfriend. And it's so beautiful and it has Where Do You Go To My Lovely like a lot in it. And it's... (laughs) Yeah, and I remember watching that, and then it start the credits roll for that, and then this whole movie starts. Oh, that's and cool. And I think that was a really cool way to see it. So yeah, because of the hotel Chevalier, I believe should have double checked that. Um, I'll yeah slide up Darjeeling. Okay. Then Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. Wow. Yeah, surprisingly low. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Yep. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yep. The Life Aquatic. Yep. Um, actually, these are all in your order. Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. And then Rushmore at number one. Rushmore number one. Yeah. Why, and I could... Why did you put Rushmore at number one? Because, like, do, do you recommend that one... That's the one I should watch next and add to my collection? Yes, for okay. sure. I... I ummed and art over Grand Budapest and Rushmore. I think Grand Budapest... Actually, I've written it down and Grand Budapest is at the top on my written down list but then right. it was last minute wow you swapped them again what? yeah man so that's I think, how close um, it is yeah I think Grand Budapest Hotel is the best Wes Anderson film but Rushmore is the best film directed by Wes Anderson that is that's how I feel about Grand Budapest Hotel as well and that I think it's his most like cohesive and best film that he made but in terms yeah. of like me liking the films in my personal ranking i liked R- royal tenenbaums slightly more but i yeah. would say that grand Budapest is unequivocally his best film yeah so, and it's so. his most him yeah 
but done successfully yeah 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 i think i think that's a solid list i think that's hey, thank you well ranked in and it is like so contentious all these films are great so yeah that's the thing there you go but oh. i'm glad we covered that off at the top of the show so that people yeah. know a deal <laughs> you know yeah, because people don't like Life Aquatic very much. Yeah, no, Often it's people like, put that quite low. Well, it's his highest budget film, and it's also, yeah, like, one of his lowest rated ones, right? It was not yeah. well received when it came out. And I yeah. don't, don't know why. Do you know why? Um, no, honestly. I think, um, yeah, the popular opinion is that he had, like, three in a row with Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, and Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. And then he took two, like hit two oh man that's a weird way to say it he took two hits in that he took made two misses mm. with um uh life aquatic and darjeeling limited and then kind of came back with fantastic mr fox and moonrise yeah but like yeah to me this movie's great like i get that it's quite an ugly film and like steve zisu sucks yeah but he's as a dude that's why he's an interesting character though right heck yeah yeah that's the point of the movie yeah yeah i don't know i have no idea i think maybe people found the whimsy crossed with the sadness like a little too jarring in this one fair enough i guess yeah i don't know i think that's what makes it a great film honestly mm. it's like yeah, yeah with it, one without the other would feel disingenuous like if it was all whimsical all the time wall to wall like yeah. i think that would be a trial to get through and as <laughs> and if it didn't have if it didn't have any of that wes anderson flair behind it and if it was just like a serious story about like a documentarian and his relationship with his estranged son i feel like that would be a slog as well right? yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah i think that's like the combination of those things is what makes it successful so maybe maybe hmm. just folks weren't ready for it but i feel like potentially now it's found more of an audience right people Heck are liking yeah, this yeah. movie a lot more nowadays yeah. as we'll see and one way they can like it more is by syncing it with pink floyd's album the dark side of the moon it's true it's quite a switch up for yeah this, for this movie in particular and that it has such a specific soundtrack choice um, oh yeah throughout like a lot of the music in this movie is bowie um yeah compare of uh pink floyd <laughs> in some ways yeah. not many but you know both musicians <laughs> yeah um yeah it's, it's like and uh, performed in uh various languages i think i think multiple languages um, or is it just portuguese? i think it's mostly portuguese okay um yeah, yeah it's yeah live performed in portuguese which is yeah great i think probably one of my favorite things about this movie like probably number one is this sweet like foreign language soundtrack of covers of bowie honestly yeah it's awesome i've no it's idea so good how, i've no idea how difficult this was to put together in a film right like he must have like directly contacted bowie and been like could i can i do this because it's so specific oh, so. and so interesting yeah. but yeah it's it's great yeah but and it, it was um pile dos santos is the character sorry and played yeah. by um so jorge mm. who so jorge wrote all the well rewrote all the songs yeah and, like, did all Portuguese. the arranging yeah 
and obviously performs them. Yeah. It's just, it sums up what we were saying about, like, how it's such a beautiful world that the characters come enjoy. And that, like, all this stuff's happening in the frames, all this whimsy, all this, these characters living such interesting lives. Like, one of the greatest musicians of all time's songs are always playing, and yet the yeah. characters are still bummed out. They never acknowledge it as well, which yeah. is great. It's just oh, that's like, such a good point. Just ch- he's like basically like a live performance to a movie, right? And he's just sort of mm. sitting there in frame playing along. And they often like walk past him and stuff and don't comment on him playing. But he's, yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, it's it's really it's a sweet choice in the movie, you know. I, I, I really enjoy it, but of course we yeah. do not get to experience any of that. We've no, and we of... also don't get to enjoy the the score of this movie, which is amazing as well. Yeah, also great. Yeah, <sighs> um, Mark Mothersburg, I think from Devo, okay. who also wrote the Rugrats oh. theme. Whoa! That's... Yeah. Holy crap! That's a sweet fact about Devo. I didn't know they wrote yeah. the, the Rugrats theme. That's awesome, eh? Just, a... um, just the singer, sorry, not um, the rest of Devo. What a, like, what a banger <laughs> track, though. <laughs> no! What an accolade. Yeah. Rugrats theme, one of the easiest things to learn on piano, by the way. All, like, oh, almost, really? almost all the notes are right next to each other. Like, That's awesome. That's got to be intentional. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very basic um, and, yeah, very fun. It's a, cool. it's a great ah. theme. I put it up there as, like, one of the best TV theme songs of all time. The Rugrats theme. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, um, if you've never heard the score to this movie, but you have heard Pink Floyd, mm. I'll say that the score for this movie sounds like if On the Run by Pink Floyd had an estranged son. Oh, that's a great take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So no. there's one part where I distinctly know the score because I listen to it all the time. Mm. Um, and On the Run's playing. And I'm like, yeah, getting the same thing. Don't worry. Sweet perfect yeah but we'll get to that as we do when we this is gonna be like the fans are gonna love this one our haters are not because there's so much happening in every shot here oh my god and we're gonna talk about it yep i'm gonna do my best yeah like if i said uh two episodes ago that clue was a movie designed to kill me and (laughs) i feel like that like trying to attempting to cover a wes anderson movie in the show is <laughs> it's it's gonna be a challenge yeah not gonna lie i don't know why i keep setting myself up for this but <laughs> yeah you're I the sure one choosing am. this i crave uh, i crave content i crave discourse gareth it's yeah the, it's the only way forward shall we just uh, do well, it let's let's crack in yeah let's dive down deep into the the ocean depths yes life life aquatic life underwater it's my, for my notes for this one, that's all I wrote. Life underwater. <laughs> uh, that's your Jersey version. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. Starring uh, only Mark Wahlberg. In, yeah. In every role. Ooh. <laughs> my my Mark Wahlberg life. Yeah. L- life underwater with Mark Wahlberg. That's <laughs> what it's called. Uh, speak to me, Gareth. Let's do it. Um, yeah. We're getting... Uh, the movie starts out with an introduction to Steve Zissou's latest documentary part, part one of his 12th film, feature film. Um, I believe so, yeah. Um, also named The Life Aquatic. Yes. Um, and it begins with him introducing his crew members through 
a series of like incredibly <laughs> dramatic shots uh yeah i i really in particular love the um safety experts introduction where he just throws a stick of dynamite into the sea <laughs> yeah very enjoyable um yeah uh, all narrated by um old mate bill murray as steve oh, Sisu. Yes. i haven't even mentioned that yeah bill murray one of your favorites he's back yeah. on the show we can't is this the third bill murray movie we've covered or maybe second i don't know that's a good question he's definitely uh, definitely high, highly not featured. the first not the first yeah yeah he's he's been featured <laughs> on the show multiple times but uh, he's yeah. back back again and crushing it as per usual um yeah fans will also notice this is the third this is definitely the third heavily david bowie film oh true yeah Bo- bowie so up. will that help bowie up <laughs> the bowie the bowie index is high <laughs> in this particular film um yeah i just love these these intro shots they're very stylish we get yeah. introduced to like various characters not all the characters but all the current crew members um, yeah do we want to go through do we them wanna... or no? oh let's do it i've actually so i wrote the wrote it down and drew little diagrams because i was finding it hard to keep up with character names thank you so much lay it on yes. me let's you, okay work through it let's go so we have steve yep Steve, who I reckon doesn't listen to Pink Floyd. Absolutely not. No. We have Klaus. Yeah. Um, Willem, Willem Dafoe. D- played, yeah. Amazing character. I love him so much. Especially in my Pink Floyd watch. Yes. So strong. He's so, like, he loves Steve and Esteban yeah. so much. Yeah. They're his, like, surrogate dads throughout the yeah. film. And it's very <laughs> sweet. Um, we've got Vladimir Wolodarsky, played by Australian actor Noah Taylor. Mm. Yes. Who, uh, head scientist, I believe, but also writes the music. Yeah, he, I love his role in that he, like, is constantly pointing out things on the, like, scope, and that's basically yeah. his role. <laughs> got a sick moustache. He also, keep an eye on him, because he will be grooving in time to Pink Floyd in quite a few scenes. Yeah, man. So he definitely listens to Pink Floyd. Yeah. Uh, Palais dos Santos, played by the aforementioned So Jorge, mm-hmm. um, safety expert, also aforementioned. Yeah. And he's the guy singing all the David Bowie. Yep. Tossing the dynamite into the sea. Love him. Vikram Ray, played by uh, Voris Alualia. Who is the cameraman, right? And he. Yes. The actor is also a designer and like florist, which I think is really Sick. cool. Sick. What a combo. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, Anne-Marie Sakowitz, played by Robin Cohen, who Mm -hmm. is the script supervisor, named after the movie's actual script supervisor. That's cool. Introduced fully nude as well. (laughs) Yeah. Sunbathing. Yeah. Yeah. A character as well who I find I noticed a lot more in this watch. Yeah, same. She sort of of fades in on a usual watch, but yeah, yeah, on the Floyd watch, absolutely. Yeah, so thus... I think she likes Pink Floyd. Yeah, canon. And I did not actually. I've let the team down. I promised a full diagram. There's two other members who I didn't write the names down. Uh, they introduce, um, a, I think, a Siri here as well, who's played by Michael Gambon. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Osiri Draculius. Draculius. Which is the most Harry Potter name because he's played by Dumbledore himself. Yeah. <laughs> had, had the first Harry Potter film come out before this? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think they were up to um, 
Goblet of Fire by this point, even. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. He well, yeah, yeah. He wasn't in Harry Potter until like the third one, anyway. So that's right. Um, yeah. But yeah, and and also Eleanor is introduced. Eleanor Zissou. Oh, wife, duh. Yeah. His, uh, wife, current wife, current it, wife. Yeah, Angelica Houston. Uh, it, this role was written for Angelica Houston. Yeah, and she's so great in it. Incomparable. Uh, yeah, Angelica Houston. Huge fan of her. Uh, yeah, she rules. Uh, big fan of her. It's like ever since seeing her in um, the Adams Family. Honestly. Oh yeah. As, Mort- yeah. as Morticia Adams, she fucking crushes that role and also yeah. is great in this. So, huge fan of her in this film. She needs her own Wes Anderson movie. Like, she needs a Life Aquatic where, she, she, like, her character is the lead, I reckon. I reckon she'd crush Oh, that. my God, it would be so good. Absolutely. Yeah. She is in The French Dispatch uh, as well. Oh, yes. So, Yay. Um, That's going to be a good time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're they're all introduced here, and we'll yeah. see more of them as we go on. Oh, there's also Esteban, who we haven't talked about. Oh, yes. So this film is showing the demise of Esteban, eaten by a jaguar shark and setting off Steve's... Uh, not really Steve's arc, but definitely his mission yeah, it's as key, he sees it. His key motivation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, we get we like go into breathe basically as um as soon as the we see this playing out all the like the fluorescent pink snapper flying by yeah. in the background like insanely fast very Wes Anderson I love it yeah um, and then yeah we don't see the the shark at this point but yes we get on screen captions uh for all of Steve's dialogue as he resurfaces explaining that Esteban was eaten. Yeah, the jaguar shark and it's brutal he's very yeah. upset he's got the old the crazy eye as well yeah which like, i love also that the type and captions and stuff in his film mm. look like this like wes anderson the yellow futura but they're slightly off they're not quite as like considered right yeah he plays I think that's a really nice touch he pays really close attention to fonts and type yeah and stuff you can tell that wes anderson is a huge fan of uh not only typography but like handwriting and things like that as well it's yes much more evident in things like um uh grand budapest hotel where it's like goes to great lengths to look at various papers and letters and yeah. all kinds of things like that he's clearly fascinated by that and works it into his films where he can yeah, and Moonrise Kingdom, I think it was uh, Jennifer Hurst. Mm. The, I'm got, if I've got the wrong designer, it's going to be real embarrassing. Uh, but she pretty much invented a new cursive font just for that movie. Holy crap. That yeah. rules. How many movies can say that they invented a font, eh? Or I like, know, right? Well, a... Especially on purpose. Like, a lot of people have ripped off the Star Wars font. True. But yeah, Jessica um, Hirsch, I believe. Hirsch, yeah. Yeah. So good look at her out of the title um interview hell if you yeah like fonts if you love fonts if you like seeing papyrus and avatar <laughs> oh, <papyrus. laughs> only joking uh. um yeah so poor esteban is eaten and then we get a little uh q a after the movie with with the director himself on stage um, yeah. with various people asking questions and stuff and we get a fun like crash zoom to um owen wilson's introduction who's up like on the fifth floor of this theater <laughs> yeah. like really high and we zoom all the way in 
from the stage perspective, which I think is awesome. The, all the camera yeah. work and stuff is so considered as well in a Wes Anderson movie. And it's something I really yeah. appreciate. Um, I did notice the camera moves a lot more in this one than you kind of expect for Wes Anderson. Yes, he usually... You, you think about him... Um, keeping things solidly in frame or center frame or a lot yeah. of um, symmetry and things like that. Um, very flat is his style to the frame. Uh, like everything's, it, it reminds me a lot of like a theater stage play or something where yeah. he uses, he uses the, fr the, the frame to, um, as if it were a stage, putting actors on a stage a lot of the time. Yeah. And yeah, focuses your attention by putting things in center frame a lot. And yeah, but, I feel like he also has great control over yeah camera movement and knows exactly when to use it. He's never using a shaky cam or if he is, it's like while characters are running around on purpose, you know, yeah, like I think to break that perfect world. If yeah. It it. Like during um, Steve's documentary when after Esteban's eaten, there's a lot of shaky cam because it's like hastily put together right in a stressful scene. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's all like very well thought out, you know, but yeah. Uh, that would that's what i'd be asking about if i were in the audience <laughs> yeah. for steve i'd be like ah your camera movements were they considered and i'd, I'd get and he'll be like shut up my friend died yeah <laughs> pretty much um but yes uh then there's like a little party after afterwards uh reception for the um for the movie's release party yeah which this movie by the way people hated they did not enjoy no the end character movie the end movie movie yeah they think he's like losing his touch right this is at the tail end of steve's career and he's put yeah. out a lot of material um and yeah they think he's sort of lost it and also they're kind of upset with um him for having a, a character or like a person dying and just showing that it's kind yeah. of messed up um but yeah they're struggling to get funding as well michael gambon's talking his is the business man behind the scenes sort of putting things together making sure they're funding the next documentary and they're struggling to get stuff going on in the background uh it's something that i pay attention to but probably no one else does um sorry you're crunching the numbers you're like mm, yeah. that would have been expensive that shot yeah tricky a lot, a lot of money spent on dynamite in this movie um uh, so good we also uh, meet um alistair hennessy yes who is played by jeff goldblum and this movie has Bill Murray at his most Bill Murray. Yeah. Then it has Jeff Goldblum at his most Jeff Goldblum. I don't know. It's hard to say. I think Jeff Goldblum at his most Jeff Goldblum is Jurassic Park, personally. Okay. That's where I think he Goldblums it up the most. He does that <laughs> insane laugh on the helicopter where it's just like a, right. an extended sequence of him going like growling to himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And they just keep yeah. the whole thing. Um, but yes, he is very Goldblumy here. Um, playing uh, Steve's uh, key rival and kind of antagonist. Um, yeah. They, they have an antagonistic relationship and uh, that he's also the ex, uh, ex-husband of his current wife. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how deep their rivalry goes. Uh, his whole deal is, his whole aesthetic is great as well and that everything's like very um, sterilized and yes. almost stormtrooper-like. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, like his ship is very like name brand bargain bin style looking but also very expensive like his logo for example is just like the letter h where the top two um uh, uh 
what do you even call them? The top two arms of the H are like a lighter color and that's it. It's so, yeah. so dull, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Everything on his ship that we see later is like in black and white and yeah yeah it's it's very good um and yeah he's just a nasty man (laughs) but yeah they they, i love him i love him too they pose for a picture together and yeah and steve's not thrilled about this this night's going terrible for him um yeah and that also uh we see him with eleanor and like she's very cold to him and then he runs into a mistress of his. Yeah. And they both, like, don't make me talk to this person. And they both walk away at the same time, leaving Steve in the middle of the frame, looking dire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not going well yeah. for him. No, he does get offered a um, crayon pony fish from Class's yes. nephew. Yes, yes. Uh, briefly, the crash sound and on the run plays as the... Uh, as the mistress and his wife walk away either either side of him so oh yeah nice good. um but yeah the crayon pony fish is this little animated seahorse multicolored seahorse guy yeah um great stuff the first indication that the like all the sea life in this well most most of the sea life all the sea life in this is like animated and stop motiony which is pretty yeah. pretty cool looking so cool the stop motion was done by henry selick Hmm. Of Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas fan. Oh wow, sweet. Yeah, that go that yeah goes to show the quality because that's like Heck a, yeah yeah well impressive uh, accolade. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, <laughs> he's got to sign a bunch of autographs for like this old man who never comes back. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I think this is just to go through that he's released a lot of different movies and is also a bastard to his fans. <laughs> yeah. This old man, though, getting him to sign every poster, one of which has him running along with a Jaguar, which I really liked. <laughs> like, that should be a Pink Floyd album cover. Totally. Um, like, he's clearly, like, going to just sell these all on eBay. And yeah. he even says when Steve's like, forge the rest, he's like, I could have done that at home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair play. Yeah. Oh. Um, finally, uh, final stage of this, uh, paparazzi man out in the crowd um, insults steve basically saying oh who are you gonna kill off next in your film and yeah. it's sort of the final straw for steve and he like runs over and socks this guy in the mouth uh ruthless yeah uh yeah this breaks the little um bag that the pony fish was in and then he puts it in a little wine glass and holds it above his head which i i really like that visual at the top of the film yeah same um him walking around with this wine glass this is sort of echoed at the end of the movie as well which i enjoyed um yeah yeah oh yeah um yeah and then we cut to uh the good vibes of like everyone on the boat they're all wearing mm. their like i do like also at the premiere many of the sailors are wearing their signature red hats um and oh my gosh the can... amount of red hats i've bought over the years to match <laughs> this movie and like lost oh, oh no you lost yeah. all your red hats Pretty much. I've bought, like, at least three that I have no idea where they are. Yeah, man. I actually am looking at one right now, though, that a new one that I'm going to, like, stick around with. Sweet. Until I lose it again. Keep it firmly on your head. Yeah. There you go. Um, I was wearing it when we started recording, but it is summer, and I am locked in a cupboard to record this, so... (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Maybe not the best vibe wearing a big woolly hat no by the end of these podcast sessions i'm usually like sweltering so i think it's <laughs> yeah. probably probably a good call there on your part 
even <laughs> even though it would be on brand it would be on theme but yeah the sacrifices yeah. we make for you listeners um <laughs> yeah so they all return to the boat to continue the party basically uh post premiere and to sort out the next uh voyage um yeah yeah, there's a brief into a, another brief like exchange where they're talking about how the ship needs repairs and the they need to fund the next trip and they don't know if that's going to happen, etc. Um, and then yeah, uh, Ned appears on the boat. Our boy Owen Wilson returns in full yeah. full Air Force regalia or pilot regalia. Um, and yeah, int- introduces himself over time solo here as Steve's son, possibly. Yeah, from no thir- bones about it in that intro. Yeah, from 30, 30 years ago, um, he had a relationship with uh, Ned's mother and uh, has a son, apparently. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Steve's sort of caught, caught off guard by this and, like, goes away and then comes back. <laughs> yeah. He goes up to the, the ship's bow and just, like, has a wee smoke and then returns immediately. <laughs> yeah, he does smoke um, during the line shorter... Shorter of breath, one day closer to death, which is another Pink Floyd anti-smoking thing. Anti-smoking campaign continues as a through line. I like that. (laughs) Nice. Um, Then, yeah, like over the course of this party, it's just like Steve and Ned sort of getting to know each other with various other characters interacting in the background. Um, Yeah. Getting to know him a bit better. uh, Find out where he came from, what he does now. He's a pilot now. Yeah. Uh, Ned reveals that he's been a fan of, um, of Steve and his work since he was 11 years old. And he reveals like a little signet ring that he's kept with with the logo and everything on it, which is very cute. Very much so. And then he's, yeah, he's going to join them on their next trip. And then, yeah, we get into, um, great gig now as we get an intro to the Belafonte, which is the name of the boat. And this... this was the scene that pretty much inspired this film was Wes Anderson saw a photo of a boat cut in half. Yeah. And like was like, oh. It's stunning, the sequence. There so such a good sequence. A model of a boat that is explored. Um and so someone has created a like a model size version of this boat that is also and then also a cross section version of the set which is real life sized. Yeah. Um which is explored throughout here and it's incredible this, yeah the way this like long shot is cut together of them exploring the different uh rooms and sections of the boat is just amazing it's great filmmaking <laughs> yeah and, and then um oh wait i read somewhere that they couldn't actually fit a camera in the same room and get enough of it in shot so the camera during this pan is actually like out a door wow. in a different room that's wild yeah it's so cool um, yeah it must have been such like a, a huge construction to put this all together yeah. um and and get all the camera angles right it's yeah it's so impressive and it playing out over great gig is just such a feels good moment for me yeah 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 uh, and it gives us more of a kind of glimpse of the kind of characters we've described and what they do yeah and just like every character has is a his or her own story just happening yeah. in this film as well, which I love. Yeah. Like at one point during a different cross section vibe, Klaus is in the tub playing with a toy boat. <laughs> oh, I love that. Which, 
Yeah, I only noticed with this Pink Floyd watch, and it made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just, like, busying about this little uh, set sequence. They're all doing their yeah. own little thing as we're, walk- as we're watching. And, yeah, we- we're also getting narration from um, Steve here about all the different uh, parts of the boat and how they contribute to the filmmaking and their yeah. history. Um, the little uh, minor touch that I put on the end of this is that the mini sub is named after yet another ex of Steve's. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a fourth woman that's been introduced at this point, I think. Yeah. I think so, yeah. It's Jacqueline crossed out and it's called Deep Search. Yeah. So good. It's Which, just... this is not interesting, is what Paramore named one their um, boat tour that they did a few years ago. <laughs> Paramore boat tour? Yeah, Parahoy on the Paramore cruise ship. Oh my lord. <laughs> the Paramore cruise ship. Yeah, they've done two cruise ship tours. Alright. Um, the last one was in 2018 and it looked pretty sick. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine. That's yeah. That'd be pretty You could fun. do Paraoke, which was karaoke oh. to Paramore. And the members of Paramore were the judges. Oh, they, they judge it. They weren't doing the like live performance. You can't like be in Paramore briefly. Oh, that would have been even better, but probably, like, <laughs> exhausting. Yeah, goddamn. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, after yeah. that, I just feel for the members of Paramore being, like, so exhausted after, like, a, a cruise that is themed around them. I yeah. can't believe they did two. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, separated by a few years, but, yeah. yeah, you know, I think there's only two proper Paramore concerts on the tr- on the trip. Okay. And then they're friends and side projects, and, yeah, uh, I think... That sounds... Why do I know so much about this? It just seemed really interesting. And, like, there's a thing that kind of goes out of, like, how to behave when you kind of, like, run <laughs> into Paramore at the, like, dining thing. Like, just kind of be cool, say hi. Don't freak out. Yeah. They, they too, are people. The, yeah. The Paramore. Because you know the members of Paramore, the amount of fans who, like, want to, like, hug them and start crying. Oh, yeah. Huge. And I'm one of those fans. <laughs> so. Your full Paramore stan. Yeah. Oh, man. oh yeah, for sure. All right. Anyway, <laughs> as as I'm derailing this podcast, the mattress I've set up to bounce my audio a little nicer than last week is falling apart. Oh no! So really? that Do was my sign to. to... <laughs> no, no, I'm all good now. That was my sign to get us back on track. We go to the Explorers Club with Ned. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. Just, Ned, just like um, a bar themed bar. Yeah. Kind of. For, like, ocean explorers, right? Yeah. It's got, like, lots of portraits of different uh, explorers in there. The one of um, of Steve is hilarious. And the, also yeah. the one of um, Hennessy, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, is also great. Yeah. <laughs> Just chilling here. Uh, yeah, um, they this... confront... There's some fans who think Steve's lost it. Fake and... fans. Yeah. Ugh. Fake and fans. And they, like, ruin their wine... Break, the wine wine breakfast i assume yeah their bougie bougie brunch you know yeah um yeah fake fans not deep fake fans these guys <laughs> that's a callback um that was good um yeah. and then they head to steve's private island yeah as you do <laughs> yeah uh would you ever have a private island would i have one <laughs> yeah i feel like that'd be a lot of maintenance um, yeah, same. Not at a, I think I'm not at a place in my life where a private island would be a sound investment. Or no, I don't think not I could, at all. I don't think I could give it the attention it deserved. You know. Yeah. I'd, love, of... I'd love to have oh, a sorry. private island that others could use. I'd probably end up like 
using it to somehow benefit humanity <laughs> if i could <laughs> you know rather than just having an island to myself i'd probably like rent it out to like some like charity or something because i don't need a fucking island man yeah you've passed the test that is a good answer oh i've inherited the the island <laughs> willy Wonka. yeah factory. now you get the island <laughs> fuck yes <laughs> and then it turns out you were lying of course i'm lying no no <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> The guy who um, invented Tupperware bought a private island, and what? he was so excited, and then he realized the reason he could afford it was the fact it was like a lot of chemical testing went on it. Oh, no. Yeah. And that's your private island fact. I've got a sweet joke about that. I bet that island was really well preserved. Nice. Woo! Anyway. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, after this um, little interlude here at the, at the thing, uh, Ned also reveals that his... Um, mother killed herself uh, yeah she, she was struggling with um cancer i believe or yeah and then uh yeah the pain got too much for her and she took her own life which is really awful um yeah but yeah so steve's like dealing with that as well <laughs> he never really got to like say goodbye or anything like that but yeah after not talking to her for 30 years but anyway yeah true uh, yeah, so they'd sort of just discuss the deaths of people they lo- of people they love at the end yeah, of the Yeah, because then he just brings up Esteban kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, I lost someone too. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a good way to close out Great Gig, I think. Yes, for sure. Talking about the deaths of loved ones. It's yeah. On, on brand, on theme. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so flying to the private island takes place as we get into money, which is perfectamundo um yes bougie as hell owning a private island i love it um yeah it's technically eleanor's parents paid for it right yes as they did many of uh steve's films which is revealed here Um, his worst films he says yeah (laughs) which is i guess he's like putting the blame on them for him yeah (laughs) whatever uh yeah he feeds his orca in this island and the orca who definitely listens to Pink Floyd, goes up for uh, the line my, and then down for the line stack. So it's like, get your hands off of my orca up, stack, orca down. There you go. very good. Nice. It's also, I just loved that the shots in the movie. How expensive yeah. was this to get Bill Murray to like feed a real orca? <laughs> I would have been expensive because they wanted to have the scene in Rushmore, but um, they couldn't afford it yeah it's great we even see the orca behind him on a later scene which is like just sort of a tv thing going on i don't think this the next bit is real just having an orca swimming around behind him but it is a great shot yeah this orca also in this scene coming up is grooving to pink floyd oh yeah oh yeah 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 Yeah. this orca's putting the numbers on the board for our graph yeah hell yeah yeah putting in the work orca yeah you're killing it you're the killer whale killing it (laughs) did you know or um, orcas are actually dolphins. Uh, I think I did know that. Yeah, they they yeah. definitely like resemble dolphins more than they do other whales. That's so. a good point. Yeah. Yeah, they got the same. I told my shape. dad that, and he just refused to believe it. Nah, I buy it. They're like real big dolphins. Yeah, that tracks. Even like belugas, little um, the guys with the big uh, foreheads. I feel yeah. like they're like more close to dolphins as well. You know. Yeah, definitely. Oh, they're great as well. I have a badge of them. Anyway. <laughs> the beluga badge. Should we cut ahead to this beluga badge, to this scene with this orca in the background? 
Sure. The first... No, wait, we're cutting very far ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. We've got... Before oh, my that, goodness. We've got the um, Nida's summoned well, in the middle of the night to, to be a boom operator, right? Like, one of the most important scenes. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, hundreds of jellyfish have washed up on shore, and we want to capture yeah. this for the film because it's pretty sick. Um, a bit of marine life stuff going on. Uh, yeah, so Nida's a boom operator and does a wee ad lib to uh steve asking him a question which is good for the film uh yeah. makes klaus incredibly annoyed but we'll see that later <laughs> um and then yeah steve officially invites ned to join team zisso 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 or zisso zisso i believe okay if i've got that wrong i'm gonna feel real embarrassed it must be zisso anyway um where he says he's super not qualified to do that and then immediately accepts yeah which is great and then, yeah, he, like, calls his uh, naval officer and tells him that he's like, I've got someone to cover my flights, etc. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, this is also where um, Jane arrives on the scene, the reporter. Yes. Uh, Kate Winslet, right? Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Her Whoa. character's last name is Winslet. Oh, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sent me up to fail, Life Aquatic. Come on. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. I apologize. Um... Yeah, who is also fantastic in this. Uh, she yes. immediately starts sassing everyone for their matching PJs. Yeah. They're like branded Zisu PJs, which is so cute. They're also all wearing their hats still as well. Yeah. Which I assume they do to bed, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. But all yeah. to keep their like secret amazing hairdos um, in shape. Please, yes. Uh, yeah, she's a reporter for the Oceanic Explorer, a magazine that we, I guess, is related to the club that we saw earlier. Um, and yeah, she is doing like a expose report kind of thing on, um, Steve's new film and on him as a person as well. Uh, Yeah, the cover story. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and we see their first interview. This is what I've seen I was itching to get to just for this orca. Yes. And it uh, does not go well. No, it is not good. Uh, very adversarial. Bill Murray pulls a gun out on her. Yeah, you know. it's For one thing. Yeah, it's pretty harsh stuff. He, um... It's like, it's... He gets offended by Jane's questions in that he thought that this was going to be like a puff piece kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, makes Jane cry with her with his comments and some nastiness it's yeah pretty rough stuff like because the interview's not going the way that he wanted or expected he's immediately like attempts to disrupt it and destroy it um, yeah this is like your first real big sign that steve sucks oh yeah true enough yeah. and bill murray improvised the pulling a gun scene dang amazing yeah. it is kind of not that like bill murray just keeps a gun on him at all times no no, no. So. It, it tracks to the um to the plot of the movie a lot of the people are armed <laughs> on yeah. the on the ship and stuff as sailors they just are given uh like there's even a question later whether or not they arm the interns that they have with them yeah <laughs> which i think we forgot to mention at the uh, top of the uh movie that we see oh, that he has yeah. a bunch of pay- unpaid interns with him from like the local university who are coming yeah. along for like extra credits <laughs> oh the unsung heroes the unpaid interns. yeah love them um one of them is played by Matthew Gray Gruber, who you yeah. recognise from 500 Days of Summer and Criminal Minds. There you go. He's not he one used of... to be Wes Anderson's intern. He doesn't have a criminal mind himself like Frankenstein does, but he... 
he he was uh yeah featured in the show it's like a, a science sciencey guy for that a, yeah a yeah i what do you call it the the solving of crimes my mind is broken oh um, csi crime scene investigation. i don't know they they i'm blanking too but i know they really worry about unsubs on that show unsubs yeah they're always after those unsubs. I don't know what that means. Just make sure you subscribe and uh, smash <laughs> yeah. that like button. That's what I assume it is. And if you don't like it, hit that unlike and unsub button. Unsubs- unsubscribe button, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same button. It changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, this interview goes very poorly. Um, and, yeah, it's, as it continues, we see, like... Um, Steve received some, like, branded Nikes <laughs> through the mail. Ah, uh, Adidas, yeah. Oh, Adidas, sorry. And, That's yeah, so good. It's... Just because I've tried to buy those in my life. Oh, really? <laughs> They're sold out of my size. Oh, no. It's, yeah, again, indicative of that, like, um, I feel like Steve is very frivolous with his money and that he has a private island and all this other mm. stuff but can't fund his films or, like, has yeah. given up on that, like, avenue. It's sort of, like... This all playing out over money is uh, very appropriate as well. And that, like, he is... Yeah, he's sort of divorced from reality in terms of... Uh, yeah. He's no longer enjoying the art of making the films at all and just, like, doing it for the money. And Yeah, and, the and money the and stuff. the legacy. Yeah. Which is a shame. But, mm. yeah, perfect for money. Anyway, uh, what else Speaking is of money, they've got to get some. Yeah. Uh there, there is a brief confrontation after this uh, interview scene as well with uh, Klaus and Ned have a confrontation. Oh, yeah. Where, this um, is a scene I forgot. Yeah, it's a, it's important. It's good. Um, yeah, Klaus, like, comes up and confronts Ned about being a, quote, real Zasso. Um, and, is, yeah, they're very harsh with each other, like, slaps Ned in the face. And Ned's like, yeah. if you hit me again, I'll come at you like a speed and bullet. <laughs> Something like that. To that effect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they have this own their own little rivalry, and that class um, sees himself basically in in the son role to yeah to uh, Steve and uh, Esteban, uh, and Ned is sort of encroaching on his space and his role in there. He's worried about uh, no longer being the number number one man for the job, the number two, Steve number yeah. two. You know, it's like like obviously very well acted and like. Willem and Owen are great, but like Klaus, you—it's a sad little pitiful thing that he's oh, so yeah. insecure about this. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's his defining like character feature throughout the whole yeah uh, runtime of the film, and yeah, very like childlike. But mm. it goes to show that like he's been in this has been his whole life. Like it's his he's been here the basically the whole time. It's sort of implied, I think, that like because we see his nephew join the crew at the end of the um end of the film, I think it's a very similar story for what Klaus's whole relationship to this has been like. I think he's been here yeah. for like the whole runtime of the show and yeah, or and all the films, etc. And so yeah, he feels like he's being usurped. Um, which is relatable, but yeah, as you say, very petty and childish. Yeah. Oh, you've won me back, actually. That's a really good point. That, yeah. That's my take, anyway. It's, like, mm. unconfirmed, but that's, like, yeah. That's how I feel. That's how I feel his arc goes, anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve reveals that he found out about... Um, oh, he talks with Ned about, like, uh, the interview going aw- going awry and uh, very harshly talks about Jane. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, he's just basically worried about the the piece damaging his reputation and also mainly his ego, you know. Um, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, he feels like it's a personal attack kind of thing. Um, he also reveals to Ned that he found, found out that he potentially had a son uh, five years ago by reading about it in the paper. Um, yeah. Or in an article about him. Uh, yeah, he's just like I assumed they were well well researched, so it must be true, <laughs> which is a great line. But yeah, yeah, very very upsetting. But yeah, he basically said that he never contacts Ned because he never wanted to be a father. Um, yeah, but he like, hates we fathers. See this never wanted to be relationship. Pink Floyd sing. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Damn right. And they, yeah, we will see this relationship develop over the course of the film uh, and, and evolve uh, where we re- Steve sort of realises that he does want to be a father, right? Um, yeah. Or that he likes Ned enough that he's willing to yeah. put that aside. I would, yeah, I would say that this is like sort of a, it's a father-son story. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's like falling into all the pitfalls of being a terrible father that he so despises or like it says that he dislikes throughout yeah. this movie. He like makes all the classic blunders, I would say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, what else happens now? We've got um, Jane calls up Ross, her uh, partner over the phone. We find out later that this is that her partner is the the father of her child. She's pregnant. I don't yeah. know if we mentioned. Um, uh, is uh, her editor and also is married to someone else, which yeah. is rough stuff. Rough going for Jane. So she's sort of a lost soul as well, mm. along with like Ned, uh, who is also a lost soul, like looking for his father figure after losing his mother. Um, yeah, I think a lot of these characters are just trying to like desperately hold on to their place in the world right they're trying to find steady ground out there it's why it's so sad (laughs) yeah and it's especially hard to find steady ground when you're on a boat yeah man that's tough all that ocean hold on to the railing um (laughs) uh yeah we get another phone call from osiri here to find out that the funding has pulled out uh yeah completely gone and um He's like, he also says that he's like a criminal at this point, I think. Uh, yeah, later he's a fugitive and he has to like go on the lamb for a bit. Yeah, it's so wild, this like off screen adventure that a series has where he's like hiding from various governments. Yeah. It's pretty funny stuff. Um, but yeah, at this point, um, Ned offers his inheritance that he got from his mother's That's death right. to yeah. fund the movie. Um, bold move. And Asiri mm. can't even quite believe it. He asks Steve to say what his face is like. What kind of facial <laughs> expression he has as he's saying this. And then, yeah. Um, they fly out to see Asiri at his, like, mansion place. Mm. And discuss the conditions of the funding and the contract, etc. And the banks are so worried about the situation that they are sending along a person for the voyage. Our friend Bill is coming yes. along. The stooge. The bank stooge. Bill and you are the only two watching this film and keeping that much track on the money. Yeah. Oh, man. I love Bill. 
Same. Bill is played by Harold from Harold and Maud, which I only found out. Oh, wow. This watch. I didn't know that yeah. at all. Yeah, no. And he's the only other character other than Steve and Eleanor who had their character written for them. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So shout out to Bud Court. Yeah. Shout out to you, Bud. You're my, bud. Fa- you're my great bud. Great name. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, what else happens now? So, yeah, the voyage begins proper over any yeah. color you like they set off day one here we go um yeah we get a little like montage thing of them preparing and then they they head off they're all running down the beach in their red hats and stuff like that yeah and then yeah uh begins proper uh oh yeah very quickly there is a part where um ned uh has previously said that he can't swim and as part of the montage, there's like a little training bit where he's learning to scuba dive and the montage immediately cuts off with him being resuscitated after nearly yeah. drowning. Um, a plot point that he can't swim. So, yeah. <laughs> Poor Ned. Mm. He wasn't kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's still keen to come on the voyage anyway and fund everything. So, yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah. I lied about it being day one. I'm so sorry. That happens a bit later um that's okay i'll forgive you yeah get getting mixed up in my own notes uh eleanor comes in and says that she thinks that the voyage is ill-advised and steve's doing it for the wrong reasons and all this stuff she's like very upset with him and demands that he stay and not not go out because he's not in the right headspace to do so he's only after revenge really doesn't actually care about making the film and all this all this stuff and it like drives a wedge in their relationship to the point where she decides to leave seeing as she can't get him to uh st- stay his hand stop going on yeah. the voyage so yeah she uh can't condone this and flies away um yeah as um pink floyd sing about how the banjo and is playing different tunes yeah man so true yeah she like flies directly overhead as we get into um eclipse and it's great yeah yeah if there was a moon out she'd be eclipsing that yeah absolutely pink floyd pink floyd (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah and then we yeah we get like the day one proper this is where it happens sorry um and then yeah just like opening shots of the movie being cut together as we watch we get like and this is like very similar to the start of the film we get like lots of little little interstitials of them editing the movie live on the boat which is fun um they comment about there being a relationship subplot between Ned and um, Ned and Steve, which is great because it's a literal plot point in the real <laughs> film that we're watching. It's like, yeah, this will this will get in the audience. <laughs> so I just think it's really yeah. <laughs> really funny to comment on that. Um, but yeah, uh, and also Jane's interview continues on now as we get into um, the heartbeats. She's like talking yeah. to talking to him up in the balloon. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah they go up yeah steve has just so much random crap <laughs> that <laughs> he's got a private island and a balloon and a sub and a helicopter and all kinds of crap you know yeah uh yeah and he he apologizes to jane up in the balloon for his behavior earlier which is good um yeah and then yeah this is where she reveals her situation about um her the father of her child etc um and yeah she asks him some more hard-hitting questions asks him why he abandoned ned as a child because she's worried about like fathers and fatherhood etc yeah yeah um 
and yeah, Steve is like way more worried about instead of the relationship that he has with Ned, he's like far more concerned about this article and it, it being it's still being a hit piece against him. It's yeah, it's rough, you know. Yeah. Oh, he does. These are the Steve and Jane scenes are ugly scenes. They are like, brutal. I can imagine this might have been why people didn't like this movie that much is they're very uncomfortable scenes. oh it sucks yeah like it's yeah. steve we haven't mentioned to this point as well but as soon as jane like came on the boat with them he said that like he liked her and wanted like to have a relationship with her basically he's like very creepy about it like hits yeah. on her and stuff and tells the rest of the crew tells Klaus in particular um to back off um yeah which is very interesting the assumption that Klaus is like a real ladies man yeah I like the well, thing is right. I assume that there's a lot of like l- free love kind of things happening on this boat in the past, right? The, That's true. With women on board and things like that, they like. I feel like this is a, an old story that has played out many times, not only with um, Steve but with basically everyone on the ship has done yeah. this kind of thing, and yeah, it's just g- gross like male gazy stuff where it's like I bagsy her you know yeah she's mine back off dude it's like ugh. okay it yeah plays into steve being this awful man but yeah yeah to its credit the film is not like condoning this stuff oh absolutely not yeah yeah uh they're, they're, if anything they're painting it as like a really terrible thing <laughs> that like yeah. in fact like a lot of the the men in this movie are like horrible people <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know like um jane's partner is like having a baby with her out of like out of a relationship while he's married to someone else like that's fucked you know yeah and there's like a running thing when she calls him that he has to go or he like isn't actually it's just leaving a message yeah she or just like, she just leaves messages right i don't think he yeah. ever sees a line of dialogue oh. he's never there yeah which is the point i guess yeah uh yeah anyway ned and steve uh up on deck listening to whale sounds <laughs> as you do when on a boat and yeah. um, ned says that he wants to take a stab at uh redesigning the zisu insignia the logo uh which is quite cute weird yeah. that there's this like subplot of graphic design in the movie but very much wes anderson's interests yeah uh, it reveals that uh, Ned re- uh, reveals a letter that um, oh, Steve sent in reply to a fan mail message that he sent him 17 years ago when he was yeah. uh, just just a boy. Um, and yeah, so we see the reply here and later on we see the original message that was sent. I do like the out of stru- out of time structure that this takes. Um, Heck yeah, same. And that it like it really adds an emotional hit when we see the original message in response yeah. that this was a response to. And yeah, it's really it's really cleverly done. Again, mm. like Wes Anderson shows the letter on screen as it's read as well. Which is Yeah, a- or stationary arranged around it. Uh, so the plan going forward is to visit the undersea research station as shown on a uh <laughs> little pull down uh infographic that we see um we find out that this is hennessy's uh research station that he has an operation for looking at uh sea life and um they just sort of break in um yeah and bill comments on this he's like the the um stooge guy he says like i have to report anything illegal that you do you know and he's like say whatever you want 
yeah. whatever you're here with us so whatever man um yeah they just break in it's great and they're using yeah. hennessy's equipment to try and find the jaguar shark it's great because it starts off like oh yeah we're just using the equipment and it's like oh let's take the coffee machine ca- get everything you can carry yeah on the record they're just using this research station but actually in actuality they're stealing everything that isn't nailed down <laughs> yeah um, there's a really fun shot of them panning up the long spiral staircase which uh snakes down to the sea floor um yeah of them all the interns just carrying a bunch of crap <laughs> up to the ship yeah. which is really funny um it's very on the run as well yes absolutely at the time ah nice yeah um uh, uh the script supervisor lady from earlier um and marie and marie thank you uh is worried about Steve lead has led them into unprotected waters. We're outside of the jurisdiction of um, any government here. Um, yeah. And so she's worried about that. And he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're concerned, then whatever, basically it's just, and, yeah. So that's not cool. Um, but yeah, it's so, um, they do manage to get away though. Um, and yeah they they sail away with all of jeff goldblum's stuff yeah poor poor guy and um yeah as as we cut back into the interior of the ship of then using their um equipment we pass through like a bunch of steam in the engine room and that uh coincides with the crash down and on the run here so nice yes yeah nice yeah um there's also so our boy with the um radar is saying that there's a phantom blip out there uh, that they should investigate probably or ned points it out sorry like there's this other blip there but they're saying like this big blip is where the jaguar shark is and so we're heading that way but on the way there's another blip that they don't know what it is so they're going to go check that out and yeah steve is really pissed about him like circumventing his like running the show basically before his ad lib was good because it made steve look good but because it's him saying pointing something out that steve didn't notice before it's a bad thing yeah the plan going forward is whisper it in my ear yeah which is messed up (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and yeah this happening also goes off with all the uh clocks going off this uh exchange between ned and steve um, yeah, the, the clocks of Steve's brain. Yeah, no, not so good. Not so good nah. this part. Um, <clears throat> so we get a bit of a, a bit of more continued romance between Ned and Jane as they're hanging out in the spa together. Um, yeah. In the early montage of them preparing for the um, voyage, uh, Ned found like a sand dollar on the. <laughs> on the beach and gave it to jane or, or or vice versa actually sorry jane found a sand dollar and showed ned and it was confiscated by steve yeah. um and then yeah uh ned found it again and then hands it back to jane here in the scene uh and yeah it's the romantic moment is unfortunately interrupted by the rest of the crew just coming in for a spa <laughs> just the lads getting into the spa yeah, yeah. man just good vibes oh. i mean if you got a spa on a ship you're gonna use it yeah i'd be there like every day if i'm on the paramore cruise you'll be finding me in the goddamn <laughs> spa all right paramore are like where is he it's like he paid all this money it's like me and the bassist just chilling <laughs> yeah. in the spa non-stop uh 
Paramore's current bassist is a New Zealander, by the way. There you go. Yeah. It's our connection. It's great. <laughs> Two spa-loving Kiwis. There you go. Can't go wrong. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so this after the spa, Jane returns to her room and discovers that Steve is broken in and yeah. is reading the half-written article that's been written about him um, because he can't can't bloody help himself. Um, yeah. It's awful. Invasion of privacy. Yeah. It's messed up. But yeah, that's how... And he completely, like, tore the door off because yeah. it was locked. That's how fragile his ego is that, like, he yeah. needs to know, like, what's being said about him. But anyway, he's, like, pissed about what she's written, etc. Yeah. Because... And she's literally just, like, quoting things that he said in, in the yes. article. It's But he thinks that she's, like, making him look like an idiot and he doesn't want that for the front page etc so yeah they have a huge yeah. up, huge row um and yeah he gets real obsessed from this point about what's on the record and what's off yeah very careful it kind of becomes a running gag but also yeah a kind of character note yeah absolutely um i feel like that's been a thing in the um in the film as well he is constantly making um notes about what gets included in the film that it's making he's doing yeah. because he's so conscious of editing i think this transition to him being careful about what he says on and off the record is an easy uh translation to make because he probably yeah. already compartmentalizes the things he says in that way or for the film like in order to paint himself in the best possible light in the dir- in the director uh role and like leader of these expeditions i think like yeah, this is something he's not only good at, but yeah, used to. Um, yeah, I definitely, that might actually be the moral of this film is like, because he's looking at such a beautiful world and he feels like he needs to be as beautiful as it. So he's like, yeah, like you said, compartmentalizing, he's cutting mm. out anything that makes him look bad. Yeah. And kind of what he learns is that like, well, that's what I am. And kind of yeah yeah he learns that he can't just push that aside he has to be with it he's well. not this like amazing explorer man because he is yeah. also a real man like outside of his um his adventures and his uh role as this filmmaker you know yeah yeah um yeah like even we see this like we saw this a bit earlier i think we skimmed over it but um the crew were watching one of his old documentaries of them like in this ice shelf area of them like hanging out and then they he literally like rescues a bunch of little like ice marmots or something like little snow mongoose yeah snow mongoose ice marmot um (laughs) but yeah like it's like literally like rescuing a puppy with a broken leg you know like that kind of thing that he's including in his films and it's like so obviously over the top him being like oh i'm this grand explorer savior person you know that's yeah. who he sees himself as you know and even the crew are commenting on like those were the good old days you know yeah yeah <clears throat> we may have cracked it i don't know yeah done and dusted <laughs> what did you think we'll no. take our <laughs> media reviews media review degrees now yeah please in the mail send mine as an email <laughs> attachment if you can um Ooh yeah so we cut to uh hennessy's ship aboard the yes. hennessy's boat um brand- like you said so stormtrooper yeah it's great it's like yeah shot out of star wars <laughs> it's yeah. really good and then yeah he learns that steve has broken into his station and he's like prepare my elephant gun 
<laughs> gonna cut yeah. him down which is like another like explorer trope thing like yeah. usually probably used on the like plains of africa or whatever but <laughs> hilarious that he has one out at sea um yeah <clears throat> but yeah goes with the the um nature documentary theme i suppose uh yeah we also cut to this ship the stormtrooper ship right when we get this like digging away yeah it's a real because this is like the first rocking out moment of the album in like probably five minutes after like clock sound mm. effects and bloopy synthesizers and it's very much like the bloopy synthesizers are definitely um steve and his crew whereas the rocking out is so hennessy and their crew absolutely that yeah. yeah that tracks for me uh yeah they, they're coming to hunt them down anyway they're hot on yeah. the trail um so we cut back to the zisu crew and they're investigating the the blip that they saw before um with some really wild underwater sets that have been constructed yeah. um really really gorgeous this like uh very technicolor coral and stuff all mm. this construction this has been really hard to film i think as well like it's all very like open wide angle stuff of people swimming around which like actually swimming around underwater and i think that'd be yeah. really difficult to put together um but yeah very cool uh heck yeah and they discover a crashed plane underwater there's some fun shots of like fish swimming around and like looking at the black box inside the ship um underwater here there's a conversation between ned and steve where ned suggests uh calling steve dad in the upcoming scene and he's like ah oh, that's a good instinct but i think we could go with a different nickname why don't you call me stevesy yeah <laughs> which is heartbreaking so rough and like he even forgets he's like what was the one you were gonna say like yeah he pretends to forget it's like dad <laughs> yeah and it's made all the more like i don't know fun by the fact that they have to press a button on the front of their scuba things to actually talk to each other yeah it's funny that it's like a long conversation that's happening underwater yeah <laughs> as well uh yeah this was preceded by them explaining that they have like little radio transmitters inside their helmets that double as like playing music <laughs> while they swim yeah. around which is just that was the scene i remembered the most from the trailer that i'd watch yeah it's just like Bill Murray just grooving around with a little yeah. aerial sticking out of his helmet. It's really funny. <laughs> in a scuba suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's rough, this, this yeah. sequence. Um, yeah. One of the like most crushing indictments of Steve's newfound parenthood, but anyway. Heck yeah. Uh, and yeah, this plays out over time, and it's rough uh mm. what happens now oh yeah ned gets we go to the yes ned gets his own back against uh klaus and like gives him a wee slap in retaliation for earlier <laughs> um, yeah because he's pissed off about the whole steve situation um and says that they're even uh because basically ned has identified that klaus is feeling exactly the same as uh ned and that they they are both like repressed people treating steve as a father figure where steve doesn't want to be a father right yeah so they're kind of in the same boat and he sort of figured out class's situation in that way and class is like what the fuck because <laughs> <laughs> class hasn't figured that out no way <laughs> he figures that out much later <laughs> yeah oh um and yeah so we go on a great gig and ned and jane have a lovely kiss 
yeah they have a little little scene together and they yeah they kiss each other it's gorgeous and yeah. we get a funny little spy dolphin i don't know if we mentioned this <laughs> earlier either there are two trained dolphins with cameras on their heads that they use but they're notoriously unreliable <laughs> yeah they're always just looking at each other yeah which is very funny um yeah yeah it's even i think it's been commented on earlier that like they can't listen <laughs> they don't hear us they're either yeah. They either aren't listening to us or they don't understand us. Yeah. Which is great. Um, and yeah, he's peeking through the little porthole window and Steve nearly catches sight of it on the monitor. But yeah, yeah. cut back to it. And it's just the dolphins looking at each other and going, <laughs> hello, fellow dolphins. They're so cocooned, these dolphins. Oh, super. Yeah. These are horny ass dolphins down yeah. here. <laughs> Ready to film some lovemaking. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um yeah but ned is supposed to be keeping watch yes he's he's either snuck away or he's um not been called because they've changed his name to um kingsley zisu oh yeah on the call sheet forgot that whole plot point yeah it's so yeah. silly like got given stationery earlier that um steve had made up for him and it says kingsley in brackets ned zisu yeah <laughs> which is so good um but yeah, he's yes, not at his post, and the ship is invaded by pirates. Yes. Oh no! If you're not listening with Pink Floyd, um, it's a great scene of Pele dos Santos playing um, uh, Space Oddity, and as he does the countdown, is mm. when the pirates board the ship. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Just worth like... noting though, Pele was the other person on watch, and he's just jamming away he's from just... David Bowie. I mean, you can't stop Pele from getting to a good jam, you know. They, That's you, true. you can't put that one on him. Ned's supposed to be at yeah. his post, but Pele, he gets a pass, you know. Yeah. Um, he's the only guy I'd want to play an acoustic guitar at a party. By the way, hard agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The yeah, we there's a good shot of him just like jamming away as he like peeks over and sees like a ladder that has been yeah. propped up against the the prow of the ship and he's like, Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. But yeah, attacked by pirates. Plot twist. Yeah. Quite brutally. Yeah. Steve himself is in the the steam room inside the spa zone, as I would be, and um in his <laughs> in his togs, very tight togs and nothing else. Um mm. And yeah, everyone gets captured. Uh, he goes, <laughs> gets like dragged through the ship and sees that Ned and Jane are like uh, having sex. And he's yeah. fur- he's more furious about that than he is about the ship being attacked by pirates. Yeah. <laughs> As they're all like tied up together in the same room. Um, yeah, it's a very bad situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the pirates comes in and, like, knocks out Ned, dragging him away, and this upsets everyone. Um, yeah. He's taken on board the pirate's boat as a hostage, and it's like, oh, no. Uh, and, yeah, Steve is, like, brought up on deck and with the guns pointed at all his crew, and they're, like, being arranged, basically, on the deck of the ship so that they can account for everyone on board. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile uh bill the uh the corporate stooge guy actually speaks the language of the pirates which is uh filipino by the way um yeah and yeah and a stroke of luck he's like vital to this um (laughs) uh yeah manages to do a bit of negotiation and they bloody swap bill as the hostage for ned 
Yeah. It's ruthless. Poor Bill is like the only person that can communicate with them and he somehow through this process gets taken away instead. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. And then there's this very iconic but like strange scene which I thought when I first watched this was a dream sequence. Mm. Where um uh without the Pink Floyd playing, Search and Destroy by the Stooges starts playing. Oh. Bill Murray, or Steve Zissou, just gets up, or, like, breaks free due to his ocean madness from earlier. Yes, yes. And, like, just goes full, like, taken on them. Yeah, goes ham, just starts, he, like, steals a gun using a yeah. swift maneuver, um, and, yeah, just starts murking dudes. <laughs> like, kills yeah. all the remaining pirates. And, like, some of them get away on the ship and he just, like, unloads a clip at the ship. Yeah. It's mental. Um, it's a, yeah, it does play, like, a dream sequence in that it's, like, so different from anything that we've seen up until <laughs> yeah. this point. Uh, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, this is the first, in the original, obviously, not with Dark Side of the Moon, this is the first song that's not a David Bowie song that plays. Yeah, yeah. But it was mixed by David Bowie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. I didn't yeah. know he was like so heavily involved in the music process of the film so that's cool i guess he like must have yeah. been executive producing in that regard uh maybe oh uh, he was more um he was just like a big iggy pop fan and he like worked on iggy pop albums fair enough yeah uh we did miss a wee sink in there by the way the key motivation oh yes a key motivation for the pirates why they're here um like they're like asking about a safe um and Bill's, uh, Steve's like, we don't have a safe. And then it cuts to a shot from one of his films where it's explaining like the safe <laughs> on board the ship yeah. and everyone, uh, like all the money that they have in different currencies. And it's just a collective shot of all the pirates standing together in like a kitchen, like watching this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's a very quick way to establish what they're doing. Um, <laughs> uh, and that sequence plays up as exactly on the start of money which is nice yeah sick <laughs> yeah um, and there's little quick cuts of everything going badly um and steve's ocean madness sync really well with the time there's you know seven four time of money yeah man into that yeah uh yeah so yeah after sort of getting rid of like going full action hero mode uh taking control of his ship um through force uh yeah yeah that he like manages to like get them off the ship that like the aftermath of which is like his ship is on fire um like completely destroyed a bunch of stuff is stolen uh they also randomly have a dog now that the pirates yeah. just left on the boat yeah who th whom they name cody which is great yeah i love that um yes then we get a title card on screen saying day 14 mutiny on the bellafonte <laughs> which is hilarious that they cut this into the film but yeah, yeah. there's unrest as to them being <laughs> attacked by pirates for being in international waters um the script supervisor and a bunch of the uh uh interns are not very happy about yeah. this um yeah and interrupting this uh sequence hennessy suddenly arrives yeah. and, who is responding to their distress signal is what he says but he's actually been hunting them down 
yeah. for stealing a bunch of their crap. Uh, well, for, for invading his base. He doesn't know that they stole a bunch of stuff at this stage, I don't think. But anyway. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. But yeah, he um, is going to tow them to land as long as it's on his path. Yes. And then drops them a massive invoice for the first time. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a nasty man. Yeah, gets him to sign a contract on board his ship. Gets Steve to, sorry. It's, it's yeah. really good uh, cutting back and forth where... Um, uh, Hennessy's like lounging on this enormous yellow sofa yeah. under a pavilion that he's set up on board his ship and um, Steve is sitting on a tiny red stool with the dog from the pirate attack just sitting behind yeah. him um, hilarious <laughs> just the like difference in like setting up this is like the CEO of a, of a company leaving you like a really really small chair to sit on yeah. as they interview you <laughs> like what do you do for my company that kind of thing um yeah great stuff yeah and they're talking about this um invoice during money and yeah. when he talks about how someone stripped his c-lab Pink Floyd saying it's a crime hmm. sure is you sure is a crime <laughs> you know what yeah it is yeah theft was brought up <laughs> earlier even at the time yes. bill commented on it he knows yeah definitely listening to pink floyd yeah he's hearing it yeah he's hearing it um oh. he's, if only we, he were here oh yeah kidnapped by pirates it's gone bad for and bill. speaking of people who aren't here some people leave as us and them starts playing yes um steve gives the saddest speech about how he's pretty much begging like yeah is this my fault he like assesses crew morale basically he's like i realize things have gone badly <laughs> and like yeah. yeah he's like it's probably my fault um <laughs> but and then yeah draws a line of chalk on the deck which is, and leaves these very unclear instructions as to whether or not you'd like which side of the line you should stand on if you're staying yeah. or going which confuses the hell out of class yeah. <laughs> like immediately like boldly stands on the opposite side of the line it's like what class why <laughs> it's like I'm, i back you 100 percent. it's like no if, if you cross the line you want to leave and he's like oh i didn't understand it's, he's like legit scared that that means he's fired like yeah. because he's already crossed the line it's yeah again very childlike very funny yeah um and yeah so all the interns and the script supervisor all want to quit and they step, yeah. step over the line and then yeah they they leave yeah it says that they only they only get partial credit because they quit on him yeah no they don't even get that they just get incomplete so they incomplete. really just wasted their time and got attacked by pirates yeah oh it sucks they're like furious these poor interns shout outs yeah. to the interns of the world heck yeah underappreciated um yeah oh man uh yeah so they get pulled into um into port and jane gives uh is given a bunch of letters by ned to uh write to him once she leaves because she's uh going to she's decided that she's giving up on the article that she's writing about yeah. um which is fair enough <laughs> totally fair she's like screw yeah. this i'm leaving and um yeah so ned gives her 50 self-addressed envelopes with like stationery yeah, and with like each with three pieces of paper in them yeah and a pen and it's like write to me please <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so sweet very sweet a little over the top uh <laughs> yeah uh but yeah it's totally fair enough on jane's part that she wants to get out of here but um yeah uh, 
in Steve's perspective, basically everything is crumbling, right? He's lost like yeah. a large contingent of his crew and his boat is fucked <laughs> and he's lost the corporate stooge who's supposed to be keeping an eye on him. So he's going to have trouble with the funding and the banks, etc. cetera. It's, oh, it's all going terrible. Um, yeah. And so he goes and visits Eleanor at her house, her like a, a place where she's staying anyway here, which is where yeah. she's flown off to from earlier um yeah it's alistair's house i think one of alistair's houses oh right she's staying with yeah yeah that's right she's staying in um uh her ex-partner's house yeah um yeah she's not staying with him though she's staying no. with the most beautiful man yeah. um <laughs> this like young attractive model guy who's just yeah. chilling here uh and fair play um but yeah she <laughs> I do really like that Steve comes all the way to her house and he's like, asks her up front for like, he needs help to go and rescue this guy and to complete the film and fix the boat, etc. And asks for money from Eleanor's parents. And she says, no, <laughs> like straight up front. And then he's like, well, can I come in and try and convince you anyway? Because I've yeah. come this whole way <laughs> up here. Took like two hours to get here. So can I just like yeah. come in for a bit, even though you've already said no? And she's like, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, he takes the opportunity to apologize fairly ungraciously <laughs> yeah. for his actions. He starts like doing a bit of self-assessment. Um, starts contemplating whether or not he's lost touch or not. He's starting to believe the the takes that everyone's been telling him he's like maybe i have lost my touch i should give up and stop making films you know yeah but even then he's like not really addressing any of the really bad stuff he's done he's no. just thinking still about his legacy absolutely yeah he's saying that this will be his last adventure whereas like that's not the real issue here like you've sort yeah. of let down people around you and you aren't addressing that so yeah um yeah, we get into any colour you like as they're like hanging out on the balcony here. And yeah, he's doing a bit, in, bit of introspection, but not going the mm. full way. Um, yeah. Uh, so we return to the boat and uh, Steve again finds Jane is still there and in bed with yeah. Ned. So that's weird. And um, But yeah, she's been convinced to stay on board the boat and finish the story. And he's still, again, annoyed because he had a thing for Jane. <laughs> yeah. But this is him at some of his worst. It like, sucks. talks about yeah. the Jane scenes being, he sucks. But yeah. He's acting out of, like, pure jealousy and, yeah, yeah like, self-righteousness. And it's so shitty. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, like, this is kicks it off between um, Ned and Steve and assessing what their relationship really is and how they feel about each other. And we get a sweet shot again of the set that we saw before the like cut in half set is being used when they're just like roaming throughout this whole boat and people are walking in and out around them. Yeah. It's fantastic. They're having this huge argument as they're walking and it's awesome. Yeah. This is, this is definitely my, like, again, back to my love Wes Anderson reason is like, they're having such an ugly conversation mm. that it's so beautiful. The, like, toy chest they're playing in. Oh, so good, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, perfect scoring with any colour you like over this, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, super moody and just flying around this beautiful set with the horrible stuff happening. It's, it's great. It's awesome. Yeah. This is exactly... Again, we see Vladimir in the background grooving away to any colour as well. Yeah, man. Loving it. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, this 
sequence culminates with them reaching like the crow's nest kind of part of the ship the observation deck um section and yeah they throw some punches at each other yeah <laughs> expressing their frustration up in the lookout and then yeah we get into brain damage now as their relationship is falls apart it's irreparable at this stage right um yeah steve says the band um, they're in is playing different tunes hell yeah um steve says <laughs> that you uh says the line you call yourself my son but i just don't see it which is yeah. fucked <laughs> um and yeah uh need elaborates that like um steve saying that and calling steve a nickname doesn't mean the same thing as being able to call him dad which is mm. brutal um and yeah like it's also revealed in the sequence that steve did know about um that he had a son this whole time um yeah like 30 years ago but yeah never appeared in his life uh just because he was scared of being a father like it's yeah. revealed that he did know the whole time and it's like fuck and yeah this this argument is just we just sort of left to sit for it for a little bit where these yeah. guys are just like well that's it i guess and then El- eleanor shows up on the boat suddenly uh via a water taxi and she yeah. she's brought a briefcase of money with her and she's gonna fund the repairs and everything the rest of the film and they're gonna go rescue bill so yeah like at least that can continue but <laughs> the the relationship between ned and steve is done at this point right yeah. like it's it's as low as it's gonna get it's messed up um yeah uh so yes thankfully there is a distraction and that they have action to go on that they can go and rescue bill now so yeah he's left a little like phone message somehow I, I don't exactly know how he leaves this message but he's just like yeah i'm blindfolded i don't know where i am help <laughs> yeah it was a friendly it's a friendly local boy right yeah that's right yeah yeah so like he befriends a pirate because he can speak their language something like that but yeah he yeah. leaves a message um he's like i don't know when i'll be able to call again <laughs> <laughs> which is very oh, funny no. um but yeah uh doesn't say where he was because he didn't know and uh yeah steve's like relenting this he's like ah i can't believe (laughs) he didn't say where he was and yeah eleanor being the super powerful uh amazing woman that she is um can tell based on the phone quality the sounds of wildlife in the background and the time in relation to when the message was relayed exactly where he is to like a freakish degree (laughs) yeah it, she goes full criminal minds it's sweet it's so funny it's like yeah yeah so silly that she can identify like which islands it is <laughs> it's it's great but yeah he's on the one of these one of these three small islands yeah um, the pang islands yes one of which was, had a hotel on it uh, yeah. but that was destroyed by a monsoon sweet um so it must be that one so they go full ping island lightning strike rescue op which is the name of the song that plays in the score at this point wow usually. that's a great yeah. song title and a it's so good. series listen of listen to that song listeners it's so good yeah we don't get it though we didn't we weren't no. listening <laughs> we get silence yeah so i just have to imagine up. one of my favorite pieces of music play <laughs> yeah there is a little brief bit before this where, um, in a shocking twist, uh, Eleanor says that <gasps> ext- that Ned can't be Steve's son because he shoots yes. blanks. So, quote, quote, shoots blanks. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's, he's infertile, so Ned isn't e- re- even really his son. 
which uh, is uh, very interesting and something the movie doesn't come back to no. but intentionally don't worry it's not like a lot of the lines in the room yeah it's it's interesting it adds another layer to this relationship right it's cool that it yeah. reveals here when their relationship is like completely destroyed at this point yeah like it's like they aren't even father and son but they are, they're so worked up over this situation you know it's it's really interesting mm. um but yes we're going to the they're doing the raid on the beach um and yeah over silence it, i do kind of like that we're getting like heartbeats and stuff for this that's true yeah yeah uh, another little note is that uh there's a little shot of the film continuing and um they discover Hennessy's ship has been attacked by oh, presumably yeah. the same pirates and there's a shot of steve just standing on the tip of his uh, the like Sunken end of his ship. ship like looking yeah. doing the like hero pose which is hilarious and like again just feeding into his ego <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> poor hennessy man um but yeah they're, they're completely unaccounted for but yes uh in a playthrough two we're on the island uh it's a great like reveal of the island and like this destroy it's a cool location this like destroyed hotel location oh heck yeah don't know how they did this like if this is an no actual idea. hotel that they just trashed or like <laughs> if it's all just sets i don't know it's really nice there's no like where sanderson booked every room of the hotel and just destroyed it and <laughs> yeah I, lo- I feel like that's something he would do like he cares he cares enough about production design that he would like do it and then repair it all you know? yeah all by himself yeah but you guys go ahead i've got to finish doing this yeah i've got to finish trashing and then repairing this hotel room um, yeah yeah but yeah they go into maybe... rescue bill yeah yeah i was gonna say maybe that did happen because um of all the people roman coppola is the um second unit director which is oh, a right. very big name for your second unit director so maybe west did get distracted yeah, yeah. rebuilding an entire hotel <laughs> there is a possibility yeah <laughs> i'll send the second unit out to complete the rest of this film i'm just getting yeah. caught in the weeds of this hotel maintenance uh. <laughs> accidentally finds himself like running the hotel and he's like yeah this would make a good film this- <laughs> <laughs> Hmm, this gives me an idea. Oh, <laughs> uh, quite possibly. Um, Once I've finished dealing with these fantastic foxes that live underneath my hotel. Yes, they sure are fantastic. Always mm. trying to steal my my delicious sweets. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and this album I'm listening to, <laughs> Dark Side of the... Hmm, that gives me an idea for a certain Rise Kingdom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, i'll dispatch you roman my second unit director off you go french dispatch that is yes he dispensed him dispensed him while speaking uh french dispatched him and then walked off finally left his island hotel leaving cody behind and is like an isle of dogs (laughs) oh my god it all started here yeah the the cinematic universe of wes anderson they're all connected find out more on my lengthy youtube channel where i dissect and connect all these things that clearly aren't meant to go together uh, mate you're already in that youtube channel oh no this episode. shit <laughs> oh um yes they gotta save bill but the hotel 
is empty yeah there's no one here um yeah i do love that this rescue op is also being filmed as part of the the film within the film it's really yeah. funny just seeing vikram running around with the camera isn't there like a little brief thing where he is from this island or like used to work here and before his film like before oh, being part of the crew um steve honeymooned here and yeah. he like knew everything i don't think vikram i think it's, it might be really buried he says that there was there was a um uh like a person here a bartender or something that gave made like really really good drinks and then he like immediately like looks to vikram and talks about talk, like asks him something like i think it's implied ah. that it's him but i'm not sure just like a, as a minor little connection thing fan I theory like um <laughs> yeah uh anyway yeah because <laughs> everyone in this team is like like class was a bus driver yeah like that. <laughs> that's great um but yeah there's like no one here and they go around and um there's a bit where steve falls down the stairs and he's like no capture this on film i i want to yeah. show the reality of my situation a man down and out who's failed etc yeah um, and he takes this opportunity to do another kind of half-hearted apology to ned for, yeah says you can call yeah. him papa steve which is <laughs> closer to what he wants but it's yeah. still shitty <laughs> um any listeners take this thing floyd challenge and call your dad papa steve today <laughs> especially if they're called steve yeah <laughs> um yeah then then you have full reign to do so um yeah but yeah, he says basically that he really is a, he does consider him as a son to him and he, he was yeah. lying before and yeah, yeah it's shitty and too late, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. On the run starts playing as they find old mate Bill in, in the yeah. coach check. He's all tied up and they save him. So that's good. They've done the thing. Um, but then <laughs> exploring a bit more, uh, Steve comes across Hennessy uh tied up uh <laughs> just like hanging out with the sailors and playing cards hanging out with yeah. the, pilot, the pirates sorry <laughs> it's really good he's like oh have you come to save me steve like in a completely <laughs> unexpected way and steve's like I, I guess yeah i guess i mean he like kind of can't believe it i do love that he folds his hand <laughs> yeah it's like a like minor joke it's really good and then yeah gets shot poor hennessy <laughs> Uh, in response to the fold and then uh yeah more action breaks out popping off yes shots at each other um yeah big big gun battle between the the pirates and the crew um, perfect sinkage i reckon yeah sweet yeah it's so good uh, um there's they a, they blow up the hotel in their escape like it's <laughs> yeah. a really funny shot of um class and ned running in with a stick of dynamite through these revolving doors at the front of the yeah. of the hotel and then it just like pans across to the crew who are all like standing around by this swimming pool just sort of awkwardly waiting and then the explosion goes off we don't like actually <laughs> see anything that plays out inside it's just you know, them waiting for this explosion which yeah. is really funny um and yeah they make their escape with hennessy and bill here um the crash sound in this seat this playthrough uh doesn't align with anything and i'm super thankful for this because the shot that it would play over is 
uh, Steve like staying his gun and not shooting the kid who helped Bill escape and yeah. do the phone call earlier. Um, so yeah, I'm thankful that that doesn't align with any gun violence. Yeah. Uh, Sam. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, all the clocks go off where they like escape basically on the, on their, yeah. boat. they blow up a fishing boat in the background <laughs> just so that they can't escape, that they can't be chased. And yeah. Yeah. They rendezvous- but they realized the safe was exploded. Yes. There's a great shot of them cracking into the safe and then Owen Wilson looking through the other side through this like <laughs> yeah. massive hole that's been cut into it. Uh, really good. Mm. Um, and yeah, so they've lost all that money. But yeah, fair enough. Uh, presumably a lot of these pirates have been killed. So yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, poor Cody the dog also gets left behind on the island and they say goodbye to yeah. Cody. And then, yeah, we're back on deck. All is well. Uh, they're discussing the new symbol that um, Ned has designed. With uh, <laughs> It's really humorously um, explained with, like, different letters representing different people on different... Yeah. And, like, printed on different animals. <laughs> it's really, really funny. Uh, it's like, yeah, and we don't get to see it until, like, way later. Which much really later. Nice. Yeah, it's like seeing it, it makes a lot more sense than this explanation. But I do really love um, uh, what happens. Yes, the later on they um, decide to, all that's left to do is like look for the um, jaguar shark to wrap the movie up. Um, yeah. And so they go and look for it up in the helicopter. And there's a really funny uh, sequence where um, old mate uh, class is saying how much it means to him that he got like his, his letter was put on a dolphin. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like that you have no idea how much that means to me man <laughs> it's like it's like him passing the torch and being like you're super important to this team it's really funny yeah you can be his son for i am a dolphin <laughs> yeah for i am the dolphin of the team yes uh, <laughs> it's so good um Aww. briefly before this there is a letter that is uh passed from a jane to ned um the contents of the letter i haven't read it's only briefly shown on screen. Um, yeah, it's just um, thanking him again for the necklace from earlier. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. And she's like, I look forward to writing to you more. Like, it's a real... Yeah. Yeah. A it's nice glimpse into them. Into their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, And yeah, we get into um, time solo as they fly away. Uh, looking for the shark together, Steve and Ned. They're up in the yeah. helicopter. And yes, yeah, Steve reveals that he kept the letter that Ned sent him all those years ago. Or he found it, anyway. Um, and that is read on screen, and it's a touching moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, they spot the snapper from earlier in the water, from when they saw the, um, the jaguar shark last time. Uh, when suddenly something goes wrong with the helicopter there's a clunk yeah. sound and the helicopter goes down into the ocean it's it's a crash um and there's shots of ned holding on to uh like lifeboat as steve runs over to like swims over to him and we get water like lapping up against the um the yeah. lens of the camera for this which slowly turns red with blood which is just yeah. such a sweet um, cinema. Like, it's such an awesome shot. Um, very cleverly done and brutal. Because, yeah, Ned is bleeding out um, from the helicopter crash. And, yeah, he dies. Uh, yeah. And this is, like, I don't cry in movies. This, I teared up when we watched it clean just yeah. for fun. 
when you suggested it. Yeah. I teared up. I did not expect I teared up while Pink Floyd played. Yeah. So great gig plays over the funeral held for him. Yeah. It's I think brutal. Yeah. Great gig like used to be a song that really got me and yeah. I think <laughs> prolonged exposure has taken that away. Yeah, yeah. It's come back. Like, oh my gosh. This is now Ned's song, Great Gig. <laughs> for sure, man. It's Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 handled well by the movie this sequence. It's like it's quite unexpected him dying, I think. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah, it's it it's short it's it's shown how much it affects all the different people on the boat. Um we see uh, like Eleanor watching from the little observation port at the bottom of the um, ship as we see the like coffin like sinking yeah. to the bottom of the ocean. It's brutal because he's buried at sea. Um, yeah, yeah, it's awful. Oh, it's so sad, but also my science scientist brain is like, it's a really good sink. Damn good sink. Yeah. Damn oh. good. Um, yeah, Steve has a little conversation with various people about Ned. He like says to Eleanor that he wanted to adopt him. And yeah. Eleanor's like, that's really dumb because he's 30, but I would have considered it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or 35 or whatever. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Steve also, uh, Osiri Os- has shown up on the boat here as well after his like on the lamb kind of sequence. <laughs> yeah. Um, it catches him up to speed about everything. Uh, just hanging out here. It's quite funny him just being like, I'm here for the funeral. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> Here he is. Um, they, he even goes to uh, visit Jane and they discuss the draft of the article. She lets him read it before putting it to print. And he says that um, that he said those things, all the things that she's written about, and that she should send it to print. So that's some character growth there. He's sort of become more like self-accepting of who he really is and like warts yeah, and all kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah the at the end of great gig the the ping of the jaguar shark appears again on the radar it's like they find it and so yeah they're like yeah. Who, wants, who wants to go see it and everyone goes down in the sub this like fantastic iconic shot from the poster of um the whole crew basically inside this submarine going down yeah somehow all fitting like the time must taken to fit all of them in like, yeah and get them all in shot yeah yeah you got to admire that organization. <laughs> it's stunning, yeah. It's a very well yeah. orchestrated shot of this, like, head-on through the windscreen of the um, uh, submarine. It's really good. And we get, like, lots of shots of all the different um, people looking outside at the sea life outside yeah. in the portholes as they descend. I also love that, this, that the submarine is dragging this enormous yellowfin <laughs> tuna as bait for the shark, which is, like, yeah. as big as the submarine, which is <laughs> so funny. Um and yeah, uh, they go down into the like trench where they got the ping and wait for the shark to approach. And yeah. it does. We get the like salmon all swimming past the um, uh, swimming past the sub as like an omen of the sharks uh, being in vicinity or being nearby. And then yeah, it swims straight up to the camera. We see it. It's this huge, literal jaguar printed shark. <laughs> Um, yeah as you can expect yeah it's great it's um yeah really stunning um we get into like money solo playing over this and uh yeah steve says that he no longer wants to blow it up and that they ran out of dynamite anyway (laughs) and risked doing the pirate stuff so um yeah he says he wonders if the shark remembers him and then yeah just starts starts crying um yeah 
and everyone puts... That's, I, that's beautiful. If Pink Floyd had any decency, they would have just segued... Oh, seg, what's the word I'm after? Tracklisted the album yeah. to be Great Gig in the Sky and then Great Gig in the Sky again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. For this playthrough specifically, yeah. They, yeah. Everyone in the submarine puts their hands on his shoulders to comfort him. Yeah. And yeah, it's really lovely. Um, final part of the movie begins. It's... Um, uh the film is premiering and there's a tribute yeah. to ned um as part of it um inside because like, he's another crew member that has died so he's uh attributed inside the film uh we see jane up in the rafters where ned was previously watching the film where um uh her son has been born in her arms yeah she's he's wearing out. a little steve zissou hat yeah it's cool um and we pan down to the same shot as before that we saw with the the crew watching the film from like the corporate box and um steve isn't there there's a empty seat in the middle where he would be and we see that he isn't watching the film and is instead waiting on the red carpet stairs outside uh which is flanked by like candles as well i think this is just a really lovely visual yeah. And it's also just like really good character development for Steve and that like he doesn't care. He isn't as invested in his legacy anymore, right? He's more yeah. invested in the people around him and he's like, he's not even watching the film that he made. And I think, yeah, I think it's just really important part of the film that he's here hanging out. And then, yeah, the ne- yeah. Uh, the nephew from the start of the film come, who gave him the pony fish um comes up and sits next to him and steve gives him ned's uh ring that uh he had his mm. society ring his issue society ring and it's really lovely um and we hear well we would hear the um film is being applauded in the background as well as it's finished um yeah yeah as, as this happens uh it's really good really lovely yeah, Ned picks up the nephew, puts him on his shoulders. Steve does. Which is apparently reference to a famous photo of Sofia Coppola on Francis oh. Ford Coppola's shoulders. Cool. Nice. Um, that's anecdotal. I was told that. All right. Yeah, um, it was Steve who and did then it, they... not Ned, by the way. Oh, that's Ned. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, he's... Good podcast. Yeah, he like walks down the red carpet in slow motion um, as, yeah, we're yeah. getting the like tail end of money going into us and them um yeah the slow-mo kicks in with the organs which is very nice yeah it's a really somber end to the film over us and them honestly which plays out for the entire credits um with like the remainder of the crew like falling in the following day like flanking around um yeah uh, steve and this nephew kid who's the newest newest member of the team and yeah they board the belafonte and um then yeah we get pele like playing us out uh up on stage from the start of the film where the movie was premiering and yeah yeah that's it so yeah usually this would be um queen bitch by david Mm. bowie and it would be like more chipper and upbeat and like we're back on the track but it's us and them and it's just like sad yeah it's very sad this yeah having just that one change in soundtrack is so so different so massive (laughs) you know yeah much more i felt a lot much greater sense of loss at the end of the movie on the pink floyd watch than i did on the the original yeah yeah that's why um i delayed uh recorders i just had to wander around my house feeling some feelings for a bit oh fear yeah but did you notice at the very top of the belafonte Mm. in the uh, observation deck a man in a pilot's uniform smoking a pipe i did not 
watch out for that next time. What? Who is this yeah. then? Is it who? Who is Well it? it's it's never been confirmed, but um I think it's it's Ned, but like the idea is that he's not actually there. They just wanted to have the whole cast in the last oh, shot. Oh, okay. Right. So it's like a tribute to him or his spirit is I don't there. Know. It reminds me of back in 2007 when two little high school boys named oh. James Barron and Gareth Blackler made a film in the 48-hour film fest. <laughs> and we killed off James Barron's character, but then forgot to check if he was in the background of shot, and the film ends with your character just having fun on a swing set. Yeah, man. I'm vibing out. Uh, yeah. Perfect. That film is... Not available online because it is deeply embarrassing. <laughs> yes. Don't go looking for it, listeners. It doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it's, we're, not, we're not discussing how that film syncs with uh, Pink Floyd, so we'll cut back to the show. What did you yeah. think? How did it sync, Gareth? I... Oh. You know, a syncing film is a lot like a crayon fish you know it's a beautiful Mm. thing but then i'm a lot like steve zissou like the world's just too confusing for me to make sense of this yeah but you're but a humble man yeah i think world definitely characters by characters synced i think steve wanted to sync but had to accept that the world wouldn't sync with him Mm. um what's his name vladimir definitely synced the orca synced bill synced yep Luckily, none of the boats synced. Ah, ha, ha, well, ha. one did. The Hennessy. Oh, yes. <laughs> so thus, by that argument, Alistair synced. He synced. So that's that's a pretty good. Um, that's a lot of yeah. How many characters have I got in my diagram? Was, thirteen. Yep. And we've got. That's five out of thirteen. Okay. How does that tr- translate into ten? Mmm. Uh, it's like four-ish. <laughs> Okay, well, Ned synced as well. The We've amount of the amount of Wes Anderson films that I've watched, four out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I guess should we make it a four out of ten? I feel like that's low. I've, yeah, for the beauty of these syncs. Eh? Yeah, I want to flip it and go like at least six. I want to. I feel like, I feel like six out of ten is a strong showing. Yeah, you know, above average. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's make it a seven. Yeah, man. Let's do it. You can't stop us. Yeah, what are you going to do? We've just talked about Life Aquatic for two hours. Yeah. You're going to fight us now? We're so strong. Catch me in the streets. Yeah. Right? Our jaws are so strong from talking about this movie. Fucking A. Absolutely. Yeah. Got the chiseled jaw. (laughs) Yeah, man. We're like Willem Dafoe. We're looking like the the buff chads on that one meme, you know, with the with the like yeah. <laughs> the legs pointing in two different directions, but like massive jaws. That's us. And you're the the like the not Chad uh, weakling yeah. who questions our ranking system. <laughs> oh no! In fact, all those people who gave this movie bad reviews are the not chads. Fucking a. That's Pink so, Floyd. So true. Yeah. <laughs> Your hot uh, takes versus our hot takes. Alright. Yeah. There you go. Seven out of ten for yes. the Life Aquatic by Steve Zissou. Uh well and f- featuring Steve Zissou. Uh cool. Market. Cool. Market. On the graph. Alright. 
what are we doing next week? Got any plugs? What are we doing? Got to wrap. This uh, nothing to plug. This um, Jaguar shark sized podcast. We got to wrap it up. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, if that's not in the review in the description on iTunes, <laughs> then I've forgotten you said it. Okay. Um, but yes, our next film, Jans. It's my choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been thinking a lot about the idea of the dark side of the moon. Mm. Like, because it's created by the sun is shining on a light side of the moon. That's true. So, really, the dark side of the moon is just a side of the moon that's entirely in shadow, right? Yeah, a shadowed it's side. A shadow side or a shadow realm or something. <gasps> I want to know more about the shadow room on the dark side. Shadow realm? <laughs> shadow room? <laughs> the shadow room is where I hang out to do my puppet shows. Oh, yeah. Um, the shadow realm, you know, and who knows more about the Shadow Realm than our boy Yugi. <laughs> so let's watch the Yu-Gi-Oh movie. There's a Yu-Gi-Oh movie? Yeah, man. Oh my I f- believe it's one of the lowest rated films on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck yes. I'm yes. so ready to delve into oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Good. I've never felt more qualified to do a podcast. Okay. <laughs> Did you play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day? Fuck I mean, we'll no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not but i'm so excited to talk about it next week on the show look forward to that listeners yeah oh man oh my goodness oh well until then i've been um gareth blackler i've been james barron as james barron (laughs) and gosh check out sync floyd and all your favorite things i've been plugging um that we're sync floyd pod on letterboxd oh we're actually sync floyd podcast okay and i have to upgrade to a pro membership to change that so um there we go search for sync floyd podcast we're sync floyd pod everywhere else that matters yes yeah and yeah until then we'll see you on the dark side of the moon on the dark side of the moon